Yon, makameta, kamusta kay Jan? Ito, 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 ito. I hope you guys are having a blessed time. Hindi ko mahanap yung Brazil kong shirt tuloy suit natin, yung Argentina, Argentina para medyo neutral. Of course, mahal na mahal natin si Messi. But I'll be honest, I'm rooting for Brazil to win this upcoming World Cup. Ito na, later this month, magsimula ng World Cup. So we're, I'm behind Brazil, no question about it. And second choice ko na lang Argentina. Of course, dapat support tayo dun sa mga fellow quote-unquote brown fellow global south brown power ganun tayo di ba ayoko dun sa mga Europe ganun gusto ko supportahan yung mga katulad natin ng mga developing countries I'm aiming for Brazil and then Argentina hopefully as finals possibly and if each of them top top their groups and then I'm also hoping that a number of Asian countries I'm rooting for or well, at least one in West Asia and then another in East Asia I'm hoping that uh, hopefully Japan and Iran make it to the next uh Uh, stage, uh, kaya nilang dalawa Although medyo mahirap for South Korea Yung group ng South Korea medyo mahirap Qatar, they're the host but their group is not too easy And it's their first time in the World Cup So I'm hoping South Korea and Iran make it to the next uh, South Korea, Japan and Iran make it to the next uh, uh, level Dun sa elimination rounds sa World Cup And then I may, I'm hoping Brazil makes it together with Argentina So hindi natin nahanap itong Brazil shirt natin Na dami natin nandyan mga Parang okay-okay style, kaya suit muna natin itong Argentina. Mga kamusta naman kayo dyan, mga kameta. So ito, quickly, ah, gusto natin pag-usapan mga kameta itong uh, un- unfolding situation in Brazil. So si Bolsonaro ay hindi pa rin nag-concede. No? And of course, I want to discuss the situation uh, in Brazil in light of the fact that you know this could hold lessons also for the Philippines. And also opposition, progressive groups in other besieged democracies all around the world, no? So, yeah, and see, see, as far as I'm checking, si Bolsonaro ay hindi pa rin nag-concede, no? I'm checking the latest news pa rin. Ayan, yeah. So, worrying ito if Bolsonaro will challenge the result, edi magulo na yan. But at the very least, ang expectation is Bolsonaro will uh, try to come up with his own big lie version of Trump. Uh, questioning the results of elections para he can maintain influence. He got 58 million votes, no? Ang laki ng votes na nakuha ni Bolsonaro. Uh, mas malaki dun sa 31 million ni Junior. Uh, not as big as that of Trump, but bigger than any Western European uh, leader uh, for that matter, no? Has, halos kasing laki ng population of some of the major European countries yung nakuha vote ni Bolsonaro. So that's nothing uh, small. Kaya ang, ang close ng fight. So the expectation is Bolsonaro... will somehow, in one way or another, try to question yung result ng elections. And we just don't know how violent or crazy it will be. No, Now, as you know, Brazil, of course, is also a besieged democracy, a problematic country like us. They have also been dealing with disinformation. They have been also dealing with corruption, massive corruption scandals, even way bigger than the Philippines. Yung Napoles natin, no much dun sa nangyari sa Petrobras scandal, uh, car wash scandal sa, uh, sa Brazil, not to mention Mensalao. a uh, few years earlier. So it's a very, very familiar countries to us, mga Pilipino. No? So nakakatawa na y- yung mga iba nagsasabi, ah, hindi tayo comparable sa Brazil, parang lakas mag-compare sa US or Europe na napaka-hindi naman comparable sa atin or, or, or Singapore na laya sa Pilipinas or even some of our neighbors like Korea, Taiwan. I think Latin American countries are very much fam- similar to the Philippines and feel very familiar to us. Benedict Anderson actually argued back in the day the great political scientists dun's article niya western and eastern nationalism that actually the philippine revolution should be seen as one of the last revolutions 
in the post-colonial world as far as the Spanish Empire is concerned. No, uh, So one of the last Spanish Empire uh, anti-colonial struggles, but of course one of the first, if not the first here in Asia. No? So I really suggest you guys check it because that has been a basis of a lot of comparison between Latin America and the Philippines. I think there are similarities with Latin America, including the very roots of the revolution. So I really suggest you guys read this for yourself so that you see where some people like me are coming from. I had some back and forth with, uh, not only back and forth, there's some discussion with Professor Ileto, the great Professor Ileto during one of my speeches, uh, talks, book talks actually in, in Australia back in the day. Para sa kanya, this comparison with Latin America perhaps is over played ako naman i as much as i accept ileto's argument that we have to go back to our pre-hispanic history yung mga datos etc sa akin palagay malaki malaki pa rin yung similaridad ng latin america with the philippines especially if you look at the roots of our revolution so so i really suggest you guys read this uh, uh article western nationalism and eastern nationalism by the great benedict anderson you know god bless him now interestingly the brother of benedict anderson perry anderson who's glad he's still among us and he teaches history at uh, University of California, I think USCLA. Uh, he's also one of the leading English language uh, writers, analysts, scholars of Brazil. So if you want to understand the politics in Brazil, I, I, I also suggest you guys to read the book or at least essays, Librema essays now available on London Review of Books, uh, among others, by his brother, Perry Anderson. The analysis of the tragic history of Brazil its tragic democratic struggle and why Brazil finds itself in a very, very problematic situation that it finds itself. Now, of course, many are happy that Lula won, but it was a very, very, very close fight, guys. And, and as I said, the, the, the future looks very contentious for Brazil. No? So one problem in the Philippines times five, times ten units in Brazil. No? And, uh, and we're still watching what will Bolsonaro and his supporters do. So I really suggest you guys read at least uh, some of the articles or essays by Perry Anderson, the brother of the great Benedict Anderson, uh, and or if not the compilation of his essays na consolidated dito sa book na Brazil Apart 1964 to 2019 it's a brilliant brilliant book and a lot of Brazil experts Latin American expert friends that we know actually very much appreciate this book no it's a very transient and very uncompromising analysis of where Lula the left the progressives went right and also, especially how did they go wrong? Now, Kiang, I'm looking forward to what Perry Anderson will say about the return of Lula, but I'm sure he'll express a lot of skepticism about that. Now, if you also want to understand, kung tinatamat kayo magbasa ng libro, no, or tinatamat kayo uh, makinig sa vlogs, or gusto niyo mas entertaining uh, version, well, I'll really suggest to you guys to watch this documentary, uh, which is available for free on Netflix. Ito, the edge, the edge of democracy. It's really, really intense. It's a very intense documentary. And kung anong mga drama nyo about Philippines, believe me, Brazil is way worse than the Philippines. Kaya yung mga iba na pa-depressed, depressed about the Philippines, whining about disinformation, whining about troubles, etc. Oh my, my. You have no idea how difficult the situation is in places like Brazil. And yet, hindi na give up yung opposition nila. Hindi na give up si Lula. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> ayan, ayan. Uh, paking... Uh, Check me. I'll just show you the trailer part. You can see what I'm talking about. Super intense, yan. Intense atong uh, uh, documentary niyan. One second lang ilabas natin. Uh. I really want you guys to watch it. Brazilian Ay, wait, democracy and I are almost the same age. I thought that in our 30s, we would both be standing on solid ground. 
Democracy was nothing but a short-lived dream. Yeah, and guys, I really suggest you guys to watch it. I hope I didn't violate any copyright or anything like that. Although, ano lang trailer yung sinohos. I didn't show it straight from Netflix. It's just a trailer which is available for free. Naman, of course, on YouTube. You can check it yourself. I'll post it also sa baba. As I said, kung tinatamat kayo magbasa or anything like that, the least you can do is watch that kind of documentary and will put things into perspective. So if you think the situation in the Philippines is bad, you think the problems we have in this country is crazy, you think the Philippines is exceptionally pro- uh, problematic or besieged as a democracy or exceptionally uh, corrupt or exceptionally, uh, let's say, you know, palpak, uh, the things, the government's competence, etc. My goodness, watch this documentary. It tells you the tragic struggle of of Brazil and look forward to the next um, uh, documentary by this excellent young um, uh, documentarian uh, who's behind this, uh, you know, the age of democracy, very award-winning, very, very well done. I mean, you could see the reviews are rave reviews of the documentary. You can see the, 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 the situation that gave birth to Bolsonaro, no? The complete collapse in confidence of people in the state institutions, the massive corruption scandals that brought down uh, Lula's uh, successor, handpicked successor, uh, Rousseff, who's the first female president of Brazil. And then how, of course, later on we saw Bolsonaro taking advantage of the, dis- the disaffection of people to create his own version of authoritarian populist regime no, in Brazil. But now, of course, he's defeated. Lula is back. So the drama continues. No? So hindi tapos ang drama. So akala nyo, madrama ang Pilipinas. My goodness, Brazil, next level. Okay? Now, if you, read, if you watch the documentary while reading the things I've been telling you, especially in the book ni Perry Anderson and others, then, oh la la, then you'll see where I'm coming from, no? You'll see why we're paying a lot of attention to what's happening in Brazil. So I completely disagree with some of these friends who are saying, eh, kung hindi naman tayo Latin America specialists, wag na tayo mag-comment, etc. Like, what the hell? Kaya nga meron tayong comparative 
politics, no? Uh, you don't need to have a PhD in Latin American politics. You don't have to have a, uh, a you know a top-rated book in Latin American politics to pay attention to what's happening there and feel that what's happening in Brazil is very relevant to a lot of besieged democracy all around the world. Yun po yung sinasabi natin dito. So I really suggest, guys, if you have time, put aside a little bit of your time and read about other countries because once you do that, then you can better appreciate the challenges we are facing, but also the opportunities we're facing and how compared to many other countries, we're actually quite lucky. You know, the situation is not as difficult and hopeless as it may seem in other countries. In Brazil, despite the fact that sobrang difficult in situation, they still came back and tried to change. So again, I, I, I suggest you guys check this uh, documentary, The Edge of Democracy. It's available on Netflix. So yeah, my Netflix subscription, subscription, you'll see where the emotions and intensity is coming from and why this election has been very, very carefully watched. Not to mention, of course, Brazil is not only one of the biggest democracies in, in, in the world, one of the biggest economies on earth, but it's also where Amazon is, right? So the lungs of the earth is there. So it, so if you have a progressive uh, president, things could go well for earth, not only for Brazil, but if you have a climate change skeptic person like Bolsonaro, things are very, very worrying for the rest of earth because that means they could be much more open to deforestation of Amazon, which will have very, very dev devastating impact, impact for the rest of the world. No? So speaking of conviction, speaking of resolve, speaking of strength of character, speaking of not whining, speaking of being strong, speaking of being inspirational, speaking of fighting for democracy, my goodness, I mean, look at the history of Lula. I mean, this guy was in jail a few years ago on what many believe are trump-up charges. The Supreme Court of actually, let's be very clear about this, no? This had to do with the Operation Car Wash or Petrobras corruption scandal that, that brought down many leaders across Latin America, including in Peru, uh, among others, because Brazil, you know, was giving loan and support to many Latin American countries. And Lula was close to many leaders across the region, including the more progressive leaders, the so-called Pink Tide. The first Pink Tide was a little bit more radical, uh, a little bit overlapping with the Bolivarian bloc. No? Uh, but the second Pink Tide, the second version is a little bit more progressive. No? So this is the first, uh, a little bit more moderate. No? So this is the second Pink Tide that I've been talking about. You know, So we see from Mexico to Chile to Colombia, all sorts of uh, progressive populist leaders coming to power and defeating more right-wing traditional politicians. This is the situation I've been talking about over and over again over the past few months. So Lula kind of belongs to that group, right? Uh, but Lula was also part of the first iteration of this, a much more radical version which overlapped with the uh, Bolivarian Revolution of Venezuela, etc. But now the two are kind of different because must moderate in direction. Nang, nang policies ng Brazil compared to that of other Latin American countries. So just just to give you guys some context here, so I really suggest you guys, so this is a book that Dr. Aris Arugay of UP Deleman actually suggested online. I really also ask you guys to read it. So this is about book about the transformations of the Workers' Party in Brazil in the Parte Trabador, I think Parte ni Lula. So Lula kind of started much more to the left, no? Uh, probably even left of Caliodi, right? And then ended up, ended up somewhere at center left, no more like a social democratic party as what we see in places like Germany, Sweden, etc. So there has been a transformation. Now, speaking of Lula, my goodness, this guy's three times he ran for the presidency. He lost twice, he won on the third time, and then now he, for the third time he ran for the presidency and he won and he's 77 years old. Three years ago, he was jailed. He spent more than 500 days 
behind bars on what many believe were very questionable, politically charged and motivated uh, uh, cases uh, by the former justice minister. So, ito yung nangyari. So, uh, to, back in 2019, what we saw was the Brazil Supreme Court actually overturned yung corruption case ni Lula. Kaya, uh, he was freed. He was held for 580 days behind bars on what many see as politically charged corruption cases. No? Kaya nga, he has been freed and now, and he was also allowed to run for politics. And together with Haddad, so the guy on the left na matanggad na naka-white, they were able to run and they won this year's presidential election. So it, it's really a dramatic story of redemption, of coming back and trying to save the country. But of course, again, there is no, there is no way of sugarcoating it. Brazil is still a very divided, problematic country. But at least, may laban yung kanilang anti-right-wing populist forces. Now, let me put the situation in Brazil into context. Many people say that, oh, you know, Brazil, Ibanian sa Philippines, Philippines, we have fake news, we have disinformation, the situation is really bad in the Philippines. There, mga tao, magaling daw, matalino daw, mas mausay sila mag-judge. Well, speak with data, alright? So, if you don't have data, just zip it, alright? Try to make some research bago kayo magsalita at mag-dismiss ng sinasabi natin dito, alright? So, if you look at the Ipsos Misperception Index, which looks at how uh, respondents in a country are are highly informed or misinformed on public policy issues. Makikita niyo dito mga kameta, ang Brazil po ay lower than the Philippines. It's ranked lower than the Philippines. Second to the last, South Africa is the worst, then Brazil, then Philippines, then Peru, then India, then Indonesia, then Colombia, then Mexico. Right? So if you look at it, Latin American countries are more or less at Philippine levels and Brazil is actually worse than the Philippines when it comes to... So, misperception obviously is related to misinformation or disinformation, right? And in fact, disinformation was a very big problem in Brazil, including in recent elections. So much so, guys, that Telegram, the platform Telegram, had to be suspended by the election authorities in Brazil. And recently, uh, and, and, and ahead of the elections, actually, yung head ng, yung chief ng, yung parang comelec nila warned all the platforms if they do, don't do something about this information, they could be shut down or face other kinds of punishment. So, actually, there was a study by a UK-based think tank that showed that more than 70% of Brazilians believe, right? 70% of Brazilians believe that disinformation is a major problem. So, across political party lines. And if you have followed what was happening during elections, when Lula called Jair Bolsonaro as the king of fake news, the two sides were making very crazy accusations against each other. Because Lula has a more leftist, well, red, not a red tag siya, uh, you know, there were accusations that one side is Satanist, the other side was making accusation against the other side, na cannibalist. I mean, it was crazy. The level of disinformation and, and, and mud slinging times 10 the Philippines. It was way worse than what's happening in the Philippines, no? Dito parang ano, mga atak, madnanakaw, palpak, len-len, mga ganyan. Doon, ibang level. Cannibalist na yung mga, mga ganyan, mga accusations, no? Or yung, uh, yung, yung marang one side was presenting itself as, a, as literally a messiah and the other side as, you know, as evil, etc. So, grabe yung nangyari doon. So, and studies show that 70%, no? 70% of presidents themselves identified the issue of disinformation as a major challenge. So please don't come and tell me that disinformation is worse in the Philippines when you have no data to back it, when both qualitatively and quantitatively, whether through proxy surveys or direct surveys, 
or through all relevant data, you can see that the situation in Brazil was just as bad, if not way worse. And I, I contend that the situation of fake news in Brazil was way worse than the Philippines. In fact, the situation of fake news was so bad in, in, in Brazil that at some point the federal police in Brazil was asking the Supreme Court to charge the former president or outgoing president Bolsonaro for spreading disinformation. All right, let me show you this, no? Um, Basayan yan, I mean, it's crazy. Ito, ito, ito. Tingnan nyo to. I mean, this is how crazy the situation in this country was. The police was asking the Supreme Court to charge the then-president and now outgoing President Bolsonaro, guys, with, ano, tingnan mo, ha? <laughs> Ibang klase. <laughs> Only in, ano talaga, only in Latin America. I mean, these are things you won't see even in the Philippines, no? Palain mo. You know, see? So, the police in Brazil called on the country's high court to charge the pre then president for spreading misinformation online about COVID-19 pandemic, etc. I mean, that's how crazy the situation was in Brazil. In fairness, kay Tatay Digong, when it came to pandemic, he was actually overly careful. Complete opposite of Bolsonaro, at least, well, not in the earlier phase when we were saying let's have travel restrictions, etc. on Isbeshi, but, but later on, he was very strict. Because Bolsonaro totally crazy. I mean, all over the place. Forget about Trump next level. To the point that the police had to call on the Supreme Court, hey, do something about this president. He's spreading fake news online about COVID-19, about other relevant things. That's how bad things were in Brazil. And this is not going to go away because Bolsonaro got 58 million votes and lost by barely a percentage points to Lula da Silva. So please don't come to me and give me this nonsense that, oh, Philippines is uniquely terrible and messed up and not any compare. No, they have fake news problem way worse than the Philippines, in fact, I, I would argue. No, if you look at proxy surveys, they're in a way worse situation than the Philippines, no? Uh, again, uh, show me data. Come to me and then I'll show you how bad the situation is, right? Okay, right? So if when it comes to public misinformation, etc., Brazil is worse than the Philippines, okay? So don't give me this the nonsense. And so my point is, even if sobrang malala yung situation sa misinformation, disinformation, fake news, mudslinging, attacks, all of these horrible things, you know, still, you know, the, the liberal progressive forces in this country were able to coalesce together and beat Bolsonaro and deny him a second term in office and let's wait what Bolsonaro is going to do. But at least Lula was able to get 60 million votes, more than 50% of the votes. That's a huge thing for a 77-year-old guy who had to deal with, you know, corruption issues, who had to deal with more than 500 days behind bars. And if you look at uh, Lula, you know, his background is very interesting. So he, wa he, came, he comes from a very poor background, humble background. Uh, you know, he, he was a labor union leader. He was an activist for a very long time. He ran for the presidency multiple times, but he was not dissuaded. He kept on fighting. He kept on fighting. He kept on organizing at the Workers' Party, in the Party Trabador, among others. They work with other civil society groups. They work with other more moderate groups, even more conservative groups, to build a pro-democracy, anti-authoritarian, anti-tyrannical kind of coalition. And in the case of Lula, and especially a lot of people around her, him, like uh, Dilma Rousseff, the former uh, president, no, who was impeached, no, 
uh, they were tortured by the former military regime in Brazil. So similar to the Philippines, in the 70s, Brazil went from transition towards an authoritarian system. Actually, by 60s, they were already transitioning. So similar to the Philippines from 60s and 70s, they were under authoritarian rule or a dictatorial regime. So we see people like Lula not only surviving those era, but coming out from those era and fighting for democracy after the fall of the dictatorship, military dictatorship, and, and organizing on the ground. Yun yung parating yung sinasabi. Kaya nga yung article po natin today on the Philippine Daily Inquirer, di ba, was, let me read it, no? Pagtatawa na naman tayo ng mga, ano, mga kameta. Si Aydarin, binabasang sarili. Ang tawag dyan is citation, okay? We have to be, alright, ito, ito, ito. Saan ko pinost yan? Ba't wala dito yung ano, yung ano niya? Yung key. One second. Ah. Uy, ano ang bayang, ano, ano nangyari dun sa Instagram? Ba't biglang nawala yung, biglang nawala yung hundreds of followers kagabi, tapos bumalik ulit ngayon. So, I don't know what's going on. Mga nasuspend yung ibang accounts. Nung una sabi ko, eh, kung ano, kung fake, yung followers na troll, di okay lang na ano. Mawala yung pala totoong followers yung hawawa naman sila. So, ito yung article na sinasabi ko. Let me just read from it quickly para you guys have an idea what I'm talking about. Um, now, by the way, kukonnect ko yan sa Philippines more because actually we pick up a thing or two from, from, from Brazil. Right? Yes. So, Oh, by the way, the study I was mentioning was... Second, let me put my glasses. Uh -oh. So I didn't only mention Ipsos. I was also mentioning another study. The Reuters Institute for News and Journalism. Okay. Now, anyway, ang argument ko dito is this. No? Lula's success has been built on decades of grassroots, decades of grassroots mobilization and party-based organization. So hindi lang yung out of nowhere or trapo politics. No, talaga real political party which allowed the progressive movement in Brazil to forge a formidable coalition against the political establishment. His was not a movement built overnight or one declared just days after the presidential elections. So this was built over a long struggle for democracy, uh, you know, first in resistance to the, uh, to the military dictatorship in the 70s, uh, all the way to the 80s, but also in, in resistance to uh, the trapo politicians that came after the fall of the dictatorships. Lula's success should also be seen within a broader context of regional solidarity among progressive leaders in Latin America and beyond. No? So what we saw in Brazil was a combination of competent, inspiring, decisive leadership, solidarity among different classes and different parties and civil society groups from left to center left to even more conservative forces and robust coalition building. You see, what's interesting, and kaya nga sabi ko siguro sa Philippines, mas maganda na meron tayong run-off elections, because when you have run-off elections, you encourage parties to develop a culture of coalition building, right? Because kung yung ano parang one-off lang, single round, first past the post lang, all you need to do is just get more votes than the other side. So the tendency is you want to appeal to an organized minority and win the most number of votes and win. So for instance, Tatay Digan was able to become the president, with uh, less than 40% of the votes, no? Uh, you know, Marcos Jr. got more than 50%, but that's because they combined the votes nila Sara, Had Sara run for the presidency, uh, along with Marcos, we would have gotten a very, very different picture. Let's be very honest about that, no? It would have been a very difficult, a different situation, no? Um, 
so they're in Brazil, in many Latin American countries, whether it's Chile, it's Peru, etc. Because they have runoff elections, there is already a culture of coalition building because you know that if you cannot get the 50% plus one in the first round, you have to make sure that you are amenable to or acceptable to other potential coalition members who will rally behind you in the second round. Wala tayong ganyan sa Philippines. Kaya nga sabi ko na pang ridiculous na wala tayong runoff elections. The reason is I've heard are, are pathetic to be honest. Like, kung, eh, eh, kung ang issue ang expenditure gano'n, eh, di huwag na tayong elections. Baka mahal na elections. Diba? Ano, eh, eh, yung mga I hear all of this ridiculous expenditure. We need presidents who have majority mandate. We, we need presidents who know how to build uh, coalitions and who have more than 50% support. No, I mean, these are the kind of presidents we want. No, uh, And I'm saying this irrespective of what happened in the latest elections in the Philippines, etc. I'm looking at what happened in other countries whereby because of the runoff election culture, there is always this incentive for them to build coalitions, to reach out to different groups. And problema sa Pilipinas, hindi ganun eh. Hindi nagka-coalition building eh. Bawat side may sarili silang version of opposition. Like in this latest election 2022, sino ang opposition? You know, like Lenny had their own version of opposition. Caliodi had their own version of opposition. Even Isco was trying to run his own version of opposition. Although my counting, my poka continuity from Duterte. I mean, like it, it was really strange. There's no coalition building. There's no coming together, and I think that's really one of the big weaknesses of the Philippine uh, opposition and liberal progressive forces. They cannot work together the way in Brazil we see them working together, or in Peru, or in Chile, or in Colombia, etc. In fact, in Colombia you had a former rebel. No, a former uh, Gustavo Pedro was a former rebel, right? Who became a president. In the case of Chile, you had a former student activist. The guy is my age, I think, just a year older than me. He became the president of Chile because he was able to adjust his agenda to work with more moderate uh, lead, uh, uh, groups, including center-right groups, to prevent the victory of the far-right candidate who was kind of a Pinochetist and a little bit, you know, some would even say proto-fascist, etc. Even in Mexico, we saw the ability of AMLO to be able, uh, Obrador, to work with other, you know, centrist groups to build the coalition he needs to dominate both the Congress and also to win the presidency. So we've seen all of these countries, you know, uh, leaders who have progressive background, progressive vision, but they can also work with different groups. We also saw leaders who are uncompromising in terms of they don't get dissuaded by one loss or two. As I said, in the case of Lula, I mean, naka limang presidential election na siya, He lost two, he won the third, then he won three straight, three back to back. He won two, and then he won another one now, diba? Uh, so he has he has run in in he ran in five different presidential elections, right? And the guy is seventy seven years old, right? So. Yan ang sinisabi ko eh, na, na ang problema natin sa Pilipinas min minsan is, we're too whiny, right? Like, oh, there's too much disinformation. Oh, people don't like us. And then, binablame pa yung mga voters. And then, konting talo lang, konting natrol lang, ayaw na, kawawa na, pa-victim na, gano'n na. Like, my goodness, imagine if Latin America, they were like that. Imagine if Lula gave up on politics after all of those, uh, you know, fake corruption charges, or some would say not so fake corruption. Imagine if all, some of these other leaders gave up because of, you know, you know their background, or because they were facing the formidable force of conservative forces. In main point, because the Philippines, we are so thinking about ourselves and then comparing ourselves to I don't know Norway. Like I heard some people saying, "E kung nasa Norway sana tayo, edi nanalo si ganito." Parang we're not Norway. I mean, for heaven's sake, you know, like we're not Norway. We're not New Zealand. Okay, let's get over that. But we can be, you know compared to Latin American countries, right? Who also have very high levels of inequality, big problems with misinformation and disinformations, who have trapo politics to the max, who have massive levels of corruption, right? Who have 
Hispanic, Catholic, Iberian background similar to us, right? These are the countries we have to compare to ourselves. And if, if in these countries, despite all of those challenges, we see progressive leaders winning, right? Then maybe, then maybe, we cannot just blame it on misinformation or travel politics. Maybe my pakakulang rin. Maybe there's something to be learned from these people. Maybe there's something that is lacking here that those other countries have. Now, I'm not saying they're heaven or I'm saying that these guys are going to do perfect. Of course, there, there are lots of criticism you can levy against them. And you can also say that, you know, these countries are still in problematic democracies, including Brazil. But my point is, at least medyo may laban. You know, in Brazil, 51-49. In, 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 in Chile, in Peru, in Colombia, in Mexico, more clear yung margin of victory for progressive leftist uh, and liberal forces no and, and and they were able to work together democratically not to bring the government not to beat her down the government not to coup not to rebel you know work within elections and beat beat the trapos beat the establishment right or beat the authoritarian populists right we saw that all across latin america and countries that are similar to us in every single sense of the word, in terms of levels of inequality, in terms of political culture, in terms of misinformation, in terms of background. So almost everything is similar, but one thing is different. Their progressives and liberals win because they can work together, because they have decisive leaders, because they have inspirational leaders, because they have solidarity against each other. Kaya nga yung advice ko is, to the opposition, maybe you have to pay more attention to these countries than to New Zealand or Norway or US or, or Britain or, or even Germany, whatever, right? These are the countries you have to look at. Maybe she can read more about this country. She can meet some of these Latin American leaders, pick something or two, and then bring that back. You know, she lost in one presidential election. So what? I mean, Lula lost two presidential elections. He's, he ran for his third time in, in his eighth decade. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we talking about here, you know? Or, or, or in Chile, we had a, a, a mid-30s guy running for the presidency. Of course, in the Philippines, 14 minimum. But they had a very young guy running for the presidency. Things which were unthinkable in many of these countries long time ago. Uh, not long ago, no? So, you know, I said, stop whining. Stop comparing us to Norway and Sweden and New Zealand and my incomparable countries so that in time, I'm depressed. St then let's learn from other countries. Let's learn from even more problematic countries. Draw the lessons from them. Get the strength. Move forward. And boom, maybe there is a chance. And for heaven's sake, instead of cancel culturing out each other, instead of trying everyone, ito yung nakakainis atin eh. Like everyone wants to be the, 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 you know, the ultimate, you know. I mean, like you cannot have everyone being the David versus the Goliath, right? Like no one is, there's no working together. Everyone wants to be their, their own hero. Everyone is, may, may sariling ano yung bawat group. Et cetera. You know, I'm trying, I'm really controlling myself here. I'm trying to be nice here, guys. No, I mean, this is a special day, holy day, you know. But yung nga yung point ko eh, they don't work together, right, dito. Hindi nag-work yung ibang groups. Nagsisiraan, nagka-cancel culture, nagpapapogi, sino mas pogi sa atin, sino mas ano sa atin, nagpapavicting, magwa-wine. Ay, may disinformation, may ganito. Yung iba, bine-blame pa yung voters. Like, my goodness, that's the last thing you you do. You you want to win the voters, you don't blame them. You you want to build coalition, you don't cancel other people, right? You, you want to win under difficult conditions, you don't just keep on whining and pa victim and all. You go and you fight and you be strong, right? So, yan ang point ko eh. And don't give me this nonsense about these countries are incomparable to us. And then later, I'll see you feel comparing the Philippines to, I don't know, Georgia. I mean, I'm not talking Georgia, Georgia country, but you know what, Nancy Abrams is in the U.S., etc. Like, don't give me that nonsense because if you really learn how to do comparative analysis, no? If you really bother to learn from other countries na hindi first world, na hindi social ganon, actually, we may learn a lesson or two. Okay.
I'll keep it there kasi yan na. You can see where the passions are coming from, no? I hope we'll have one day where we, we have documentarians who can do something like the Edge of uh, Democracy documentary for people to know, to, to get inspiration. I, I hope we have more people who do comparative analysis. I hope more people who pay attention to Latin America. I hope there are more people who can read, who can, oh my God, who can get away with their prejudices and biases. I hope less people will whine, more people will work, more people will focus on what's good for the country. Yun po yung kailangan natin. Alright? Okay. Maraming salamat. Ayun na. That was intense. That was intense, okay. Basta you see where I'm coming from, right? I mean, ay nako, ay nako. Wala talagang mangyari sa bansa natin. Puro tayo mga ano. Okay. Thank you po tayo dito sa mga supporters natin on YouTube and mga others. Ang dami nagko-comment dito. Nakikita natin. Oo, oo. Thank you kay Don Tresvales. Maraming salamat for your support. Kay Ma'am Eden Olonan. Kay, kay uh, Jocelyn Lomberio. Kay, kay Riz Annie, as you always. Kay Jen Carganilla for her comments. Kay Estelia Dante. Good afternoon din po sa inyo. Kay Ma'am Victoria Baltazar. Thank you very much din Ma'am for your support. Kay Melro World Kabangon. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you kay Senan Makalala. Thanks, Mites. Thank you for Marilyn and Spirit for joining us. Oh, sabi niya, she visited four countries in South America for the first time last summer. Their histories are more like ours in the Philippines, yet they are a lot more progressive than us. People seem to be more focused and, quote, Matino. It talks. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 but I'm glad to see more Philippines paying more attention to Latin America. Si Jane Carganilla, um, oh yeah, I'm watching you. Um, thank you. Uh, sabi ni Bibo Esnagi, kailan daw yung StreamYard? Wag naman today, siguro bukas na lang. Let's continue this discussion, guys. I want you guys to get involved. Salamat kay Rick. Natividad for also joining us and for your appreciation. Kay Idol Lois also for joining us. Sabi ni Janice Martin, Oh yes, agree ako dun sa run-off election. Yung sinasabi ko, if may, may run-off elections culture tayo, then you also encourage over time, over time, coalition building culture. Yun ang contention ko ever since. I, I've written on that already. Thank you kay Jervin Santos for also joining us. Kay Teresita Gallardo, kay Diding Concepcion. Maraming salamat sa inyo guys. Maraming salamat sa Again, Apologies if I'm ready. I'm, I'm, Argentina is because I couldn't find my Brazil shirt. Go, gulugulo ko kasi. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean anything, all right? Ayantay, all right. So thank you very much, kay Lilian de la Cruz, kay uh, kay Reese Hurt, kay Vic Vic Acaba, sa lahat ng mga nagbigay ng stars and support. I really appreciate it. hapon kay Riza Oraya, kay Des Gandeza, kay Estelia Durante, kay Grace Manil Kitayama. Thank you to some of my friends natin dito sa uh uh sa sa YouTube for joining us as always si Georgina ayan marami sinasabi itong si Georgina uh si Marin Garina ayan thank you very much kay uh, Mr. Concepcion truly I saw truly Concepcion kay Alain Vidal uh, kay Antonio Katapang oh, as he said is better applied to ayan ah wag na papatulan yan okay anyway all right now, again, I'm not romanticizing what's happening in Brazil. Let me be very clear. I'm not also romanticizing these leaders. Like, I have big disagreements with Lula on some foreign policy issues, including his stance on the Ukraine issue. I saw some news saying he's even blaming Zelensky in an, in an interview with, 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 with uh, you know, with time and kind of taking the Russia side. Like, that, like that's like the leftist trope now. 
wala sa lugar, no? which is more ideology than actual analysis. No? So I have disagreements with these people. I'm not saying they're, they're perfect. I'm just saying in these countries, the progressive liberals can work together. They have a chance to win elections, even in very contested situation, even under the worst kind of misinformation, trap of politics against the craziest candidates. So the question is, what are they getting right? Yun po yung investigate natin, and what are the lessons for the Philippines and other besieged democracies uh, in Asia and Southeast Asia? Maybe Indonesia also can learn something or two. Maybe India can also learn something or two because wala rin laban yung opposition nila kay Modi. Although they do much better than their counterparts in places like the Philippines. Anyway, I'll keep it there. Thank you very much. I hope, guys, you see that what I'm saying here comes from it somewhere deep. All right? I'm not claiming to be Latin America expert, but I'm a student of of history. I'm a student of comparative politics. I always love to learn. I'm always open to learn. You have seen that I've interviewed experts uh, on Brazil, experts on Latin America. We want to get more of these people together. And hopefully soon, uh, tomorrow, guys, tomorrow morning, I will have my next Nexus podcast with Paring, uh, uh, Lelo Claudio joining us from UC Berkeley. We'll discuss the situation in Brazil, lessons for the Philippines, lessons for other democracies. So yon, yun po yung ginagawa natin. So please, guys, I hope you don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. What I'm giving here are constructive criticism. What I'm giving is from a place of passion and love. No, it's not of patriotism. And and as I said, we're not here to romanticize anything. We're not here to romanticize the liberals or the lefts or progressives. What I'm saying is, in any real democracy, you should have a competitive situation between between the conservatives and the liberals and progressives, right? So that you have a kind of a yin and yang. And in some countries, there's no balance whatsoever. So it's very hard to really speak of a real, mature, advanced, robust democracy. At least in these countries, yes, they're polarized, pero may laban, may konting balance. No? And unlike the Philippines, hindi yung tipo may presidente na lahat biglang magbanwagon sa kanya. Here we expect in places like Brazil, for instance, Lula to face a lot of uh, opposition in the conservative-dominated Congress, the same way that Dilma Rousseff faced when she was the president. So again, uh, please go and watch Netflix. Uh, the Edge of Democracy, in the Edge of Tomorrow, you movie, yeah, no. Edge of Democracy. I showed you the trailer. There should be, hopefully be no copyright issue. It was the trailer long, all right? Watch it on Netflix so you see the drama, the passion, and the compelling story and lessons and inspiration we can get from the struggle for democracy in places like Brazil. Marami salamat. God bless you and talk to you soon.